0: This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. College student and stamps. Donald Trump's connection to video games. Hey dude, humane lobster killing man. The shortest game in Cubs history. Rick's brush with Slash from Guns N' Roses. And a special celebrity Minutia interview with uh, the San Diego Chicken. All that and much more. Uh, on this week's Minutia Men. that is coming up right now.
1: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man, Man with Rick and Dave.
0: Hey, hey, hey! We're back again. One hundred and eight episodes of Minutia Men. Hey, i Bob, think
2: this is three P. I think we three it. three in a row. I think. Is that what do you mean? I think we have now taken a day off in three consecutive weeks. Oh, three days. consecutive weeks yeah. of work. So it's about yeah. time. We're it's exhausted. about time that we take a little uh, a little uh, trippy.
0: But, you know, we blew it last week of episode 107 because originally the Rick and Dave show aired on 107 FM, WPGU, and Champaign. We were Champagne
2: urbanas premier funny men.
0: <laughs> and so... Uh, we missed an opportunity to pay tribute to our old alma mater. Um, but, Dave, uh, thanks for coming out to the uh, the German uh, Soccer Fest, as you promised on last week's show. Okay, um, I didn't promise. I said I would do the best I can. Th- no, and, that is not what you said. Right. And I can play the tape back for well, we you. We couldn't make it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, how was the, How right, was it? Right, I just like to know why you couldn't make it. What was it, Saturday? Saturday and Sunday. All Traf- day. Probably traffic. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh.
2: So, well... You know, we were preparing for the the big repenting for our sins. Oh, you're going to bring that up now? Yeah, is right. A, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yom Kippur, whatever it's called. Yeah. That was uh, yesterday. That was Wednesday. Uh, yeah. But it's a whole festival of <laughs> repenting. We start with Saturday and Sunday and we start flogging ourselves. Uh, I, You know what? Quite frankly, I think I kind of forgot about
0: it. Yeah, That's not true because Dane texted you from the festival. That's right. Right in front of my face. Yeah. So whatever. I yeah, mean, so it's thanks is all I'm saying. Did, were you wearing your later lederhosen? I was not wearing my lederhosen. That's the problem. No. Yeah, whatever. But I would have if you would have shown up. How did soccer fest go? Did the sausage? Did you? Oh, it was a huge success, you know, and uh, I might have had a few too many wash diners over the weekend. But uh, I've recovered and I'm ready to rock. All yeah, right. Well, Well, you look great. Oh, well, thanks. And you're wearing your soccer uniform too. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I, this is my uh, my coach's tracksuit. You like it?
2: Yeah. What? It's if, if let's say Germany and the mob mm-hmm. got married, your outfit would be their
0: kid. Yeah, it's a that. German.
2: It's a German tracksuit.
0: Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. All right. So, uh, should we uh, do some minutiae? Well, shouldn't we tease the big star that's coming at the end of the show? Well, you know, in the promo, uh, it was mentioned, okay. um, right. but, uh, you know, as we led into the show. But, uh, you know, we can mention it again because. Uh, uh, this is huge. There's a story coming up, we think.
2: <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically, that you're going to want to hear from the San Diego chicken. Right.
2: Concerning, perhaps, the greatest musician ever.
0: Well, let's just say the biggest star Of all time. And Uh, the San Diego
2: chicken... had a, has a great exposure. Or a great that's
0: a, that's all we're going to say. Uh, you're going to have to sit through <laughs> about 15 minutes or 20 minutes of minutia before we get to it, right. but it's worth it. Or fast forward it to about 22, 30 or whatever. No, because then you're going to miss gold like, uh, the, like the following, which uh, we're going to intro with some audio.
1: You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value.
0: All right, Dave.
2: I don't know if you've heard about this. There's an election coming up in about six weeks. What kind of an election? Uh, I don't know. I don't Uh, really pay any attention to it. Yeah, no, not really. Some big election. Uh Um, Yeah, probably another meaningless, you know, exercise and blah 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 blah. Uh,
0: But and I and we're of course you mean the most important election of our time. uh, And of
2: course we're going to hear about low voter turnout, right? You know, America's what do we usually? Like you yeah. 32%, 40%, yeah, whatever. It's, it's pathetic. Pathetic. Well, one of the reasons why it's so low. Yeah. Uh, and this comes out of WTOP um, radio in Washington.
0: Which is, by the way, the number one grossing radio station in America. Oh, is it really? Yeah. In we- terms of just uh, money. It's like a money machine. They just print money there. Really? It's the WBBM News Radio of Washington, DC. And of course Washington being all the political hacks there are probably Oh, it's just, it's it's huge.
2: It's huge. Well here's a headline off their website. Why college students don't vote absentee, Rick, you ask yourself? I would like to know. They don't know where to buy a postage stamp. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) A Fairfax County focus group this summer found that many college students who have gotten an absentee ballot simply fail to send it back because a U.S. Postal Service stamp seems to be a foreign concept to them. Uh, one thing that came up during our focus groups uh, was that students will go through the process of applying for a mail-in absentee. They will fill out
0: the ballot, and then they don't know where to get stamps, so they never mail it back. Again. Wow, this you know, this is shocking to me as a father of two college-age yeah. <laughs> yeah. children. Yeah. Sure, it is. Uh, who. Let me give you a couple of examples of things that I've had to tell them. I, I thought it was just my kids, but apparently it's a uh, it's a widespread thing. Um, I had to talk to one of my two older sons. I'm not going to mention which one, Tommy. Um, <laughs> that sweatpants are not acceptable in the workplace. He would he was going to his first day of work, and he was wearing sweatpants and a t shirt. Yeah. And I said to him. You know, generally, people don't wear sweatpants in a workplace. He's like, what? <laughs> he had never heard that before. What? what where's his job? What is he? Is right, it- he works uh, part-time for a hearing aid company, but uh, he just had no idea. So, so like, that had never occurred to him. So, if he was working for a Braille company, that'd be <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I've had to teach uh, my two older boys is that... Uh, deodorant is a daily ritual <laughs> it's it's every day right, and, and right. you know you never it's like geez I just did it yesterday no every day right you gotta put it on right. every day the real world sucks <laughs> it's a lot of work you
2: gotta put it on every day well do you remember I read I, this this whole absentee ballot stamp thing reminds me of a story from our college youth I don't know if you remember this
0: but we were living in the pit yeah, you the know, pit was our uh, home that we we shared with three other guys. Right. Which had a safe, a literally a safe. Like a walk-in in, safe, right. yes. Uh,
2: and I remember um, waking up one morning going, oh, I'm so busy today. Yeah. And I, rem- I woke up at the crack of noon, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I go out in our living room and you woke up at the crack of one and Steve, yeah. you know, everybody. W- and I remember just being kind of stressed out. Yeah. And one of you guys said, you know, you're obviously stressed. What's going on? Well. My mom's birthday is Thursday, (laughs) and I got to go and get a birthday card and a stamp. Wow. Yeah, right. And I remember both you and Steve or whatever looking at you like,
0: dude, that sucks. Yeah. 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 Hey, man, that's a bummer.
2: So I actually, this WTOP story. I'm on the college
0: kids side on yeah. this one. It, it is hard to remember sometimes that we were complete idiots yeah, too, of course. Um, and I know I did not vote in, so I was eligible to vote eighty-four was in eighty-two. Four. Uh, you know, for the midterm election in eighty-two, I guess and that's I, and I was, we were in Champagne, and I remember thinking, "Wow, I can vote now. I should." I should really look into that. Right. And then somebody said, well, you got to register. I'm like, "Ah, oh, Jesus, forget yeah. it. Right. So that was 82. And then 84 came along and that was the, uh, Ronald Mondale. Reagan versus Walter Mondale right. election. Right. Me, You and like nine other people were the only ones who voted for Mondale. I yeah. Did. Yeah. And that was, so that was the first time I did it. But I remember thinking, wow, this is, <clears throat> this requires a lot of Effort. work. I yeah. had to go there. You had to, I, I think I had to fill out a form. I, I had to go to the post office or something. I don't even remember how I did it.
2: Well, and they close at five in the afternoon. Who gets up before five o'clock in the afternoon? exactly.
0: Who's got that kind of time? All right. Well, that's a good story. I have a a political story for you as well. Uh, This comes to us from uh, the Daily Beast. And uh, really, they're quoting a story in The Guardian. And I think the... uh, uh, and the Guardian is one of your favorites. Oh, uh, you, I, I lift
2: stuff from them uh, all the time,
0: and they have in England. They have uh, the Guardian is a is a British newspaper. In England, they have a slightly different approach to their newspapers. They're they're a little more uh, what's the term for it? They're a little more open. A little, you know, well, a little, page three. Don't they have the naked woman on page three? <laughs> they do. Yeah. So here is here's what I've read. This, this is, I'm reading this right out of the daily beast. All right. You ready? Ever since Stormy Daniels said she was writing a tell all book, there has been feverish attention about the dirt she'd reveal about Donald Trump, but it's safe to say that no one predicted this. Now I know you, a lot of you who are following this know where I'm going yeah. with this because this has been a big story. According to a copy obtained by The Guardian, the book gives excruciating detail of her alleged affair with Trump, including one nightmarish image in which she compares the president's penis to Toad, the incredibly (laughs) annoying mushroom character from Mario. (laughs) He knows he has an unusual penis Daniels writes in the book fittingly titled full disclosure it has a huge mushroom head like a toadstool I lay there annoyed that I was getting fuck, right? a guy <laughs> named a guy with a Yeti pubes His Yeti pubes. And a dick like the mushroom <laughs> character in Mario Kart. It may have been the least impressive. Se- I'm, re- I'm reading this. Yeah, right.
2: We're not. This is not. And, it, and it's presumably, it's not fake news.
0: Either. I'm reading it. It may have been the least impressive sex I've ever had. But clearly, he didn't share that opinion. Huh. Now, I have to admit, I I am not of the video generation. Uh-huh. Right. So I and, and my kids immediately were cracking up uh, when they heard the story they're like oh my yeah of course toad you know they they knew immediately yeah. but i didn't know so i had to look up toad yeah pretty funny first of all <laughs> pretty funny What color
2: do you like blue red what what is
0: uh flesh shaped <laughs> okay. flesh colored okay. with a you know a giant mushroom head okay uh but i i thought to myself and now for people my age and older i you know for those many of you that listen to podcasts. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would have to, uh I tried to come up with a way to describe it so that you would understand right. using a a figure from today. Okay. All right. A figure from the past. Okay. So imagine the cartoon character, Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, sure. All right. Yeah. Wearing the sombrero. Okay. All right. Right. That was politically correct. Right. right. He's wearing the sombrero and he is in... Oscar Gamble's afro, <laughs> and you are doing a close up of that, <laughs> and where you can't see uh, Oscar Gamble's head, just the afro, yeah. and Speedy Gonzalez with the little head uh, over it, and that's, that's with the hat, right? And uh, that's all you're seeing. That's the Yeti p- pubes, too, it's right? exactly. Uh, that is my best explanation for you. You know, um, there was a time,
2: <laughs> and I think this may have been while we were in college, and possibly. Partaking in certain substances. Why well, I don't know what you're talking I about. I remember a, a conversation that we had. I'm sure you may have been there um, because we basically, from 1985 three to 1988, were married. Yeah. Um, that we made. If our penises were characters, what would our voices sound like? <laughs> I don't. Do, remember. Do you remember this? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I, and I could do it now. I think I'd either be goofy, like he'll 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 uh, Dave's <laughs> penis. Or Eeyore, you know? How you doing? I'm Dave's penis. Uh, so, so what would what would your character, what would your penis character voice sound like? Hey there, buddy Bert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or it could be a uh, little Jimmy Stewart the frog here <laughs> to to your Henry Kiss and your penis voice.
0: Yes, hello. <laughs> It's <laughs> <clears throat> me, and then Whoa, yes. Mr. Yeah. Mr. P- Mr. President, Peters. <laughs> oh All boy! Right. Well, so there you go. So uh, this has been the classiest show yet.
2: Uh, we have a winner, Rick. Okay. Uh, in our retweet and follow contest, all you have to do on Twitter is to go. Ooh. All you have to do on Twitter is to go and retweet and follow us, and you will get a chance to win a prize pack worth up to $25. It's not really that good. Um, hey Poppy. Hey Poppy is who retweeted us. And Hey Poppy is winning an I'm a Chicago coffee mug, Truffle Hunt by Brent Peterson, and The Living Wills by. By and <laughs> I'm
0: just picturing it's like <laughs> it's like you or most of the time yeah and then if there's a girl around it's like <laughs> that it's goofy yeah <laughs> <laughs> all you doing right
2: yeah it's I, my, my penis is bipolar oh. it's the it's oh the my goof- god man. so um oh that
0: was so wrong uh speaking of marijuana rick Okay, yes. Uh, it, it sounds like I'm on it right now, but I swear to God, I'm not. This liberal
2: do-gooder story is courtesy of Fox News. Oh, okay. All right. So, All right. Whew. Okay. All right. Let's settle down here. All right. right. Maine restaurant to get lobsters high off marijuana smoke before killing them, because it's more humane. <laughs> Absolutely. Charlotte's legendary lobster pound in Maine currently offers its lobsters steamed or boiled. Okay. But the owner is really hoping you'll enjoy them baked out of their skulls. <laughs> Charlotte Gill, who opened Charlotte's legendary lobster. That's pound. Fox
0: humor right there. <laughs>
2: uh, Charlotte Gill, who opened Charlotte's legendary lobster pound in Southwest Harbor seven years ago, is experimenting with getting the lobsters stoned off marijuana before killing and cooking them, believing it to be more humane than than the traditional just killing them methods. Yeah, okay. I think that's... Again, cool. liberal yeah. do-gooders. Yeah, I feel bad that when the lobsters come here, there is no exit strategy. <laughs> well, sweetie, you have a lobster restaurant. What do you think? Um, it's a unique place and you get to do such unique things. But at the expense of this little creature, I've really been trying to figure out how to make it better. So they're blowing smoke, literally, into a
0: lobster's... I, I I feel like you are not giving her voice or his voice the way it it should be it w- the way it should sound. It, it'd be more like this. Seriously, man, <laughs> this is for the lobsters. You know, you know what else, man? Lobsters love Doritos. It's like their last meal, man. You know, there. That's that's more appropriate. Have you ever eat? Well,
2: have you ever eaten freshly cooked or freshly killed lobster? I don't think so. We were in Japan and we um, had lobster sashimi. And what you do is a restaurant that had a pond. You were sitting around a pond, yeah. and you get to pick. I want to eat that guy. Yeah, yeah. And they take it out, and then they come back like you know ten minutes later, and sashimi is like raw, yeah, lobster, and we're eating it, and the little tentacle of the lobster is still moving up and
0: down. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. It was no. great. No, it was great. You know, in Germany, the restaurants <coughs> have. Uh, you know, big fish tanks. Mm-hmm. This, and so this is a very common thing in, in Germany where you, if you go to a, f- a restaurant where they're serving fish, like trout or something like that, you pick out mm-hmm. your fish. You're like, I'll take that one. Right. Right. Which right. I always thought was cool. i never bothered me as a kid. I don't know.
2: Well, if you're at this restaurant in uh, Southwest Harbor uh, Maine, uh, pick the one that has the pink Floyd t-shirt
3: because
0: <laughs> he's the one that's stoned. <laughs> ah, okay. Time for a cub feature.
1: Time now for a collection of cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave.
0: So, uh, you know, I like to go back into Wrigley field history, Dave. <clears throat> and uh, today I'm going to take you back to this week in 1919. Oh, you're the white Sox through the world series. That's true. <clears throat> Uh, Something happened this week at Wrigley Field, though, that is still a record. All right. Grover Cleveland Alexander took the mound against the Boston Braves. Now, he was known as old Pete. Mm. I don't know why they called him old Pete. Uh, But he had a season for the ages. He shut out every single team in the league at least once. And with the season coming to a close, both teams out of the pen and picture, Alexander bore down at Wrigley Field. Cubs third baseman Charlie Deal knocked in two runs in the sixth with a double, another in the eighth with a ground out, and Alexander does the rest. He induces nine little taps to the pitcher, strikes out four, walks none, gives up six harmless hits, and in less than one hour—wow, fifty-eight minutes—wow, shut out the Braves three to nothing. A hundred years later, it's still the shortest nine-inning game in Cubs history. Fifty-eight—that's a record that will never ever well, be broken. They didn't have TV timeouts. No, person. I know that's true. <laughs> I just
2: ruined my story. Then why? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, that, no, that's great. Fifty-eight minutes. Yeah. Well, I loved it when Mark Burley
0: would pitch for the Sox. Same they, thing. Yeah, just like. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. All right, let's see. Another another feature time.
1: A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave.
0: Uh, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. What do you got there? This is a hard one to unfold. Slash. Slash from Guns N'
2: Roses. Yeah. Have I told this story before? No, I, but I saw an yeah. interview with him just recently on Like Yahoo. That guy is really articulate. And <laughs> really, I mean, y- you would not think. He
0: is? Yeah, he really is pretty articulate. Now, I don't know if that story. Okay, well, with that, doesn't, that doesn't that does jive well. <clears throat> now, I met him 30 years ago right. or 25 years ago. I was with Stephen Gary's show at that time. And we had Sam Kinison on as a guest. And Sam Kinison walked into the producer's room with Slash <laughs> like we didn't know he was coming. Like, hey, what's going on? Hey, man, do you think it's cool if I bring Slash into the studio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> bring why Slash why? in. So we, I brought uh, Sam and Slash into the studio and Steve and Gary were like, hey, cool. Yeah. I, they knew who Slash was. I Even mean, Guns and Roses were huge at this time.
2: So this is what, A91-ish or 2 ish or what? A-
0: yeah, I think it was... Uh, 90 something okay. like that or right. right. what you we have to check what your sam kennison died it was obviously before sam died he died man.
2: in hawaii at, during
0: our honeymoon so in 92. 92 right okay so yeah so it was either 90 91 in that era it was before the huge guns and roses double album which came out i think in 94 um, but slash uh, just sat there throughout the interview and uh, if i recall correctly and i'm sure i do it didn't say much of anything, and it was—it sounded very much like my impersonation of the uh, the Lobster Man, <laughs> dude. And the thing I remember is that he probably he and Sam were probably experiencing bladder issues because they went to the bathroom every five minutes. Yeah.
2: It's it, 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 and I think then they have Crohn's
0: disease. Both of them, have right? Cone's they disease. might have had some issues, and then they came back a little peppier. So I think whatever they got out of their system in the <laughs> bathroom right. every time, they came back peppier. <laughs> How long were they on the air for? More than one segment, obviously. Oh yeah, I mean, when Kinnison used to be on, we'd have him on for an hour. Let's so just wind him up and let him. You know. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying anything other than that uh, is my slash. No, but I did. See, I, I did see
2: this interview with him. Slash is now sober for like seven years or ten years. Or well, something. I didn't imply he wasn't sober. <laughs> okay, and uh, he was very articulate. Okay, I And mean, he used words like heretofore. Really? Yeah, and
0: whilst. What have you? <laughs> no, he, he had an English accent, too. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. And he kept saying, would ye like me to explain this to you? All right. Well, this is exciting, Dave. I'm <sighs> glad you're sitting down. This is huge. All right. Let's play the audio.
1: Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave.
0: Okay. Joining us on the phone, this is a very exciting moment for both Dave and I. We have uh, Ted Gianoulis who is coming to us live from where else? San Diego. San Diego. It is the world famous chicken who now goes by the name of of uh, Ted Giannoulas in real
3: life, the San Diego
0: Chicken. <laughs> so, are you still called the San Diego Chicken?
3: Oh yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. I, uh
0: huh. Because I are, seem to remember so long, there was some
3: was-
0: some weird lawsuit or something. Am I am I misremembering that?
3: Oh, no, that's when I used to work uh, at a radio station, and I was known as the KGB Chicken.
0: Ah, that's and then, right. Uh,
3: and I can no longer call myself that, although I'm still referenced that uh, a few times locally. But um, but that was the brand name for the radio station.
2: And it was KGB, like the Russian KGB? Yeah.
3: Yes, that's right. So, uh, so, so where yeah, are the
0: emails, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> it's a legendary <laughs> well, rock station, isn't it?
3: Yeah, a rock and roll radio station. That's how it actually all started uh, as a promotional gimmick for them back in the 70s uh, as a, a one-week promotional gimmick to, for me to go to the zoo and give away candy Easter eggs. And um, <laughs> I did that bit uh, for, you know, for all of two bucks an hour. Yeah. And, uh, and as a ruse to stay on, you know, I offered to go to uh, do ball games, being a big sports fan. They let me do that, and as I started cavorting around, it uh, it gravitated into its uh, into a whole other um, uh, atmosphere, I guess. That that created the uh, uh, the chicken as we know it today.
2: That's it's great. So you you know obviously you're one day you're at a at a zoo and the next day you're in San Diego Stadium entertaining
0: <laughs> thousands, if not millions, of people. Way to go, Ted. Any yeah, idea okay. why it was a chicken and not a rooster or an ostrich or an emu?
3: You know, I I asked that, and uh, uh, being um, a rock and roll station, the executives there and the and the programmers they they thought it was off the wall and goofy enough uh, that it would attract some attention. And the fact that I was introduced uh, uh, during Easter week, uh, they wanted something offbeat, so they they did that. And the premise, what I had to do, is like I say, give away candy Easter eggs at the zoo.
0: Have but, you ever uh, heard of the? There was a, a famous radio bit in the eighties called Chicken Man. Do
3: Dick you remember ass. that?
0: Dick Orkin, right? Y-
3: y- yes, I believe the guy's name was um, Dave uh, Orkin. No, yeah, no, di- uh, Dick, I, uh, Dick Orkin.
0: Dick Orkin. Yeah, he's from Chicago. Dick we're we're ca- we're uh, we're in Chicago right now, and that was like a famous a famous bit here in Chicago, going all the way back to the sixties. I was just wondering if that was one of the inspirations for the chicken, but it sounds like it wasn't.
3: No, it it, it wasn't. Uh, um, I guess for the executives, they never did say that. But I remember listening to that growing up as a kid, uh, when I was um, going to school in London, Ontario, Canada. And oh, it was so funny, <laughs> unbelievable. They
2: have chickens in Canada.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well,
2: I'm sorry, going. I interrupted you
3: yeah I'm just saying uh, it it was hysterical and of course there are lots of chickens in canada you know they lots of farms up there and uh but uh yeah they they had it on the local um uh station up there every day and all the kids would talk about it at school mm-hmm. especially during recess just so funny it was incredible it was a superhero character right. and yeah. uh, i i i uh i i drew i drew inspiration from it believe it or not when i had to step into a real costume
2: that's that's great um ted have you ever used your status as the world-famous chicken uh well i was going to say to try to get laid
0: did you see mm, the chicken did you funny. ever did you ever
2: uh did you ever use it to try to pick up uh, a rooster not roosters it would be whatever <laughs> no,
0: rooster yeah <that's- laughs>
3: Well, well, um let's see. That's I, a I, yes. <laughs> that is a total yes. <laughs> Back in the day, I guess a good uh, pickup line um was um uh, do you want to go somewhere and grab some McNuggets? <laughs> hey, <all.
0: laughs> hey. You're I you, know, you were talking about being a kid in Canada, but I can hear in your voice you actually are Canadian, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I was born and raised and then um my dad moved the whole family down here. We got our green cards and came down in the late, uh, it was 1969 or so. And uh, and that's where I went to high school and then uh, college at San Diego State.
0: Okay. Um, go ahead. Um,
2: um, are, are you a vegetarian? And if you're not, what is your favorite chicken dish? I mean, I'm kind of, it's going to be a little weird. Do you eat chicken?
3: Yes, I do. You know, it helps eliminate my competition.
2: <laughs> that boy, that's
3: great. yeah. If you can't beat them, eat him.
2: <laughs> Very nice.
3: But uh, yeah, I, I, I like um I'm I, I'm pretty eclectic when it comes to foods. I I like I like all kinds of foods, but uh, uh, absolutely love chicken wings. How can you not? Uh, how can you uh, pass those up? It's it's uh, a great delicacy, I must say.
0: So Ted, you you know we consider you. The greatest mascot of all time, and I, I think that's not—that's not an overstatement. You—you uh, you are the the most famous. You've done it all. You're you're the funniest by far. You're absolutely hilarious. But the question is, did you ever get into a situation where you crossed the line at an event that it just went a little bit too far? Yes.
3: Yeah. And it was for all the right reasons. The the, the most famous one, I suppose was um, the night I made Elvis laugh during concert on stage so hard that it stopped the show.
0: Really? uh,
3: Yes. Oh, absolutely. It was about uh, 1976, about uh, 16 months before he passed away. And um, he was at the sports arena. And again, one of the things I did representing the radio station, I would go to every public event conceivable, including concerts. I was a fixture. Everybody's concerts. And so Elvis was appearing on this night. And uh, as was my role, you know, I would, uh, you know, uh, work among the crowds. But on this particular night, as I came into the sports arena, I know security was giving me the um, the red eye, you know, giving me their game face. Like, uh, not Elvis. Don't <laughs> you dare goofing do around. He's a king, <laughs> man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was biting... You know, biding my time, and you know, uh, just uh, greeting uh, fans around on the concourse, especially as the um, as the concert got in, uh, got started. You know, I was up on the concourse uh, uh, level seats, and then uh, and then Elvis broke into a a tribute uh, for Jerry Lee Lewis and started singing a um, whole lot of shaking going on. Uh-huh. And I said to myself, yeah, that's c- my song. Exactly.
2: You, you, you're the chicken. You cannot not dance to the shaking going on.
0: All I can say is, that, thank God it wasn't great balls of fire.
3: <laughs> that's right. Because God only knows. in the barn? <laughs> what barn? My barn. So as, he, as he's breaking into this number, in the darkness there of the sports arena, I run down the aisle of, uh, of the seats, Onto the floor, and then beeline it all the way up to the stage, and there is Elvis is singing. I'm dancing right under him, going back and forth in in the front row of the aisle there, and Elvis catches this, and he starts laughing, and I mean laughing hard, fellas, and it it gets to the point where he uh, he he loses his lyrics, loses control of his lyrics. And also drops the one knee, laughing so hard. And 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 as he's glancing over, he's got tears in his eyes. The Klieg lights were clearly showing this, and it gets to the point where the band is still playing back uh, back behind them. But from their angle, they couldn't see that. You know, I was goofing off uh, in in the front row beneath the stage. And Elvis's doctor runs on stage. You killed Elvis. <laughs> you killed Elvis. The famous the famous dr nick mm-hmm. and he comes on with his black bag and and he, he runs onto the stage he attempts to get elvis to lay down as he's on on one knee laughing hard <laughs> cannot continue with the song and elvis shakes him off and he just points to me um loosely and and uh, and this is as the doctor has already pulled out his stethoscope <laughs> And then uh, he sees me, and he and he mouths an epitaph, and uh, uh, puts his uh, stethoscope away back into the bag, and hustles off the uh, the stage. Elvis collects himself, turns him uh, turns the band, signals to them to, to keep playing louder now, and he finishes the song. And I'm still dancing uh, up and down uh, the aisle. The number finishes, and then Elvis is, Elvis turns and apologizes to the crowd for flubbing the lyrics. And he says, I don't know if you all can see, but you've got to believe me. There's a chicken <laughs> dancing up here in the front.
2: Well, there's a chicken. And, uh, there's a chicken. Uh, right. Uh, and, and the
3: audience, the audience acknowledges and sure, because they're quite familiar with me. And then he says, um, well, he comes, Elvis comes up with a great line. He says, well, I want to warn this chicken something. Uh, I don't know who put him up to this, but my manager's name is. The colonel.
2: <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> Elvis still had game back then. Uh, while this was going on, did you kind of think to yourself, uh-oh, this could be the end of the chicken? I mean, you, you know, screwing around with Elvis.
3: Right. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I decide I'm going to chicken out of here. So I get all um, uh, frightened, and I dart out of the arena, you know, to all this applause with Elvis's line, and I'm running right back up uh, into the uh, uh, concourse area. And that's where five um, uh, security guards were waiting for me. The
0: they Memphis Mafia me, bum
3: rushed me, and and literally horizontally carried me right out of the sports <laughs> arena. And using even my head as a battering ram through the doors, you know, opened up and and opened up the place and, and took me out to the parking lot where they dropped me, and uh, <laughs> and started reading me the riot act. You know, but um, the way I look at it, fellas. You know, I made the king. Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) it was worth it. It was totally worth it. So
2: you ran a little afoul with the law. (laughs) But all right. Um, All right. uh, That was a great story. That was Ted. This this could get a little nasty right here. This part of the interview might get a little uh, nasty. Um, I'm a bald man. Uh, and I got to be honest with you, um, you don't you're not real kind to my people. You do that. You do the towel shining the head thing. And quite frankly, it's a little humiliating to my people. And I, we're going to give you an opportunity now to apologize to all the bald guys that you made fun of. Well, are you going to do that well, for us, Ted?
3: Well, hey, wait a minute now. Bald is beautiful. The,
0: there you go. Okay.
3: And I consider I consider uh, the, the, the polishing of that uh, as as a tribute. You know, people polish nice things, jewelry, Porsches, you know, and obviously... Golden Dome. <laughs>
2: okay, okay, well, I appreciate... And I do have a very nice wow. egg on the top of my head. So, yes, well, we appreciate that. I don't know how sincere that was, but I'll let you off the hook. Thank you very much for that. All right, and it's uh, very
3: fashionable, and it's also very fashionable when you see athletes these days. So, yeah, bald Yeah,
2: middle-aged yeah. fat guys like me, though, not particularly fashionable. Wow, Michael but, uh, Jordan. Like, come
0: on, ever since Michael Jordan. Bald yeah. is beautiful. That's, that's that's how it works. right. All right, so... Let's go right to the, uh, the competition. You've, you've been there. You're, I think you are the, the, the... You're the king. You're the it's, king of the mascots. Who is the squire that you look down and see nipping at your heels? The they, young gun. Who's the, who's the one that you think, all right, that one is kind of in my league? Is there anybody anywhere?
3: <laughs> I'll tell you who I enjoy, and I, even thinking about it, it gives me a laugh. And that's Albert the alligator from the University of Florida.
0: Okay. I, yes. I,
3: that, that costume is so funny, I'm telling you. I, you know, that's with that large, long snout. You know, the guy can actually lip sync the national anthem.
0: Wow. And then
3: that, that, yeah, he's got that protruding tail, and he's got that little orange turtleneck. You know, and um, and those short alligator arms. And, and uh, seeing him waddling around on the sidelines. It's just something inherently funny that's made me laugh for a long time seeing that uh, that guy, and uh, uh, it it just uh, strikes me as as uh, unusually funny. But uh, I I love the uh, uh, the gator from uh, from Florida.
2: Do, do do mascots ask your advice? And I'm not, I'm being serious. I mean, it, someone who are you? I mean, you are the emeritus professor of mascots, right? Do are you? Are people ask you for advice on how to? Oh,
3: sure. Oh, yeah, I've, I've had lots of uh, uh, mascots uh, reach out to me over the years and asking for, uh, for advice and tips and, and that sort of thing, yeah, especially on the school level. And, um, yeah, it's very heartening to, uh, to know that I'm the, uh, uh, the godfather of feathers for them.
0: <laughs> That's that <is> awesome. <laughs> so, so what are you up to these days, uh, Ted? Are you still, are you still performing? Uh, how many days a year are you performing?
3: Well, believe it or not, I've really cut back my schedule. So I'm in semi-retirement now, and uh, this fall I'll only be doing a, a single game, and that'll be um, uh, in Arizona. That's for the uh, the Fall League All-Star uh, baseball game, which is um, the major league's uh, winter league, so to speak, for all their stars. Um, but um, uh, I'm actually, I've, I've pulled in my horns quite a bit and just taken it easy, enjoying it, I must say. But there was a time I was 250 days of the year on the road. Wow! And that, that was pretty extensive, and I did that for decades, guys.
0: Well, we've, and, we've uh, seen you, and you are you're the best. We want to thank you for coming on the show. One quick thing: my yeah. twins are having their uh,
2: B'nai Mitzvah in, in 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 April. Can you can if we invite you? Can you bring the big chicken suit and come to the the B'nai Mitzvah?
3: Oh sure, sure, why not? What the heck? I'm a chicken for all people.
2: Yeah, I think we're actually gonna have chicken. I think it's really what the dish is. So that'll be very As long
3: as there's nobody I know.
0: Okay. Right, thanks for thanks for being on the show, Ted, and and, uh, and we consider you the king of the chickens and the king of the mascots. So can keep on keep on doing what you do.
3: I see a chicken a la king thing. I like it. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Very good, fellas. I appreciate it. Have a good day.
0: Okay. You great. too. Bye bye. All right, bye now. Okay, so we call it the Celebrity Munition Minute, but it but, was more like twenty minutes, but worth every every second of it. You got
2: an Elvis story, the greatest <laughs> Elvis story ever. That the San Diego's chicken gets
0: his tail kicked <laughs> by the by by security guards for making Elvis laugh. Can't you picture his head just slamming into the wall, yeah, or, like on a the, battering ram doorway the way out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much to Ted. Um, and also, thank you very much to you, the listener. If you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can uh, check us out at chicagoauthorsolutions.com, Also, Eckhart'sPress.com. Uh, We've got a full slate of stuff. Yeah. Uh, this airs on Monday. So, uh, tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Dave will be at Max and Benny's. Right. Which so is d-
2: to a couple of guys' house. In, <laughs> in,
0: in, <laughs> no, in it's a huge, that's a huge deli right. up in... Uh, it, where is it? In, in Northbrook? Northbrook. North, Northbrook. Uh, Richard Reeder is one of our authors, and he has uh, an event there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at uh, Chet Kopic's thing yesterday. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll have some stories about that because it hasn't happened yet as we're <laughs> recording this. Um, but uh, we have a lot of events coming up over the next few weeks. Right. Uh, we have another book coming out by The Scar Dance the scar dance uh that's a, an event that'll be in october right early october we've got a book called an off-white christmas mm-hmm. coming out we've yep. got a bunch of events coming out for that mm-hmm. so there's lots of stuff check us out at cards um if you'd like to email us uh you can at uh, minutia podcast at gmail.com and you can also uh follow us on twitter and dave is dave is the twitter man and we'd like to thank uh, Tony Lasano, uh, the executive producer of the program with Opie Productions.
2: Ted Giannulis. Ted
0: Giannoulis, okay, man, of course. Elvis. Let's Elvis, thank Elvis. Let's thank Elvis. And uh, Ed Silla uh, from the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of uh, men. <laughs>
3: The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you.
0: This has been a presentation of OPI Productions.
3: Tony, can you shut up?
2: Lasano and friends. Family travel with Colleen Kelly. So, Colleen. Yes. You used to be on my little TV show. I remember those was. days? I was. I was. You were my big break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs>
3: Thank you.
1: I know that's sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I walked in. I remember I was really nervous meeting Tony. He was sitting in this white chair, and he looked real important. <laughs> I, a oh, I had so a throne. Then I found out he wasn't. Lasano <laughs> and <laughs> friends
0: great talk radio
2: isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com